This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Holy cow, it got to be spring in a hurry, didn't it? And it got to be Wednesday. Good morning and welcome in. It is Wednesday. That is hump day, of course, you know. It is 52 degrees outside. Oh, it was great yesterday. It got like up to, I don't know, when I was in Oklahoma City, as we were just getting ready to leave the Proton Center, it was like 78 yesterday. Of course, the wind was also 78 miles an hour. Uh, because I went outside to walk, and I don't think I still have the embedded particles out of me from what was happening. Uh, and, and, man, you talk about, <laughs> I wish it were behind me instead of beside me. That's what to ask. <laughs> I, I'd use about three gallons of gas going oh. back and forth if it were behind me. <clears throat> now, it's been sideways the last two days, and it was, uh, it was an adventure, I'll tell you that. Lower, you know, it's a, it's a little XSRX 350, so it's you know got a pretty low profile even for a net quote-unquote SUV. So it's not me. It's it's watching the uh, the big rigs mm. because you got to be careful when you're next to one of them. And those poor guys, you know, can't always help it either when they get a 60 mile gust of wind oh, yeah. suddenly in the side. Oh boy, what a nice day! And it's going to be that way again today. As a matter of fact, if you look at our forecast, we've got something in the 77 degree range today, then 67 tomorrow and Friday. And here's the good news. We've had pretty good weather. We had okay weather during the week, and then it's just crater in the weekend. We got 73 and 75 predicted for the weekend, and then 79 next week, and then there are a couple of 50s. But I, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think we're really close. Yeah, we're, we're we're close. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're going to coast when it should actually be spring, yeah. right? Yeah. Right when all this, you think it's over, it's like, well, it's March now, so we're just going to keep on going. And then we just wait to see if it, if the floods try to kill us again. Yeah. Yep, it's 602 oh, on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Sauls. I'm Rick Corey. Buy your uh, canoes now. Uh, all right, so we are going to talk a little bit about college football today because the football playoff approved that 5-plus-7 format for the 12-team field starting next year. We'll get into what all that means. You've, you may have read about it by now. There's also a lot of confusing things you can read about what it actually means and how it's going to be determined and all that. And I know the first time I saw it, I, you know, it, it dinged when I was driving yesterday on the turnpike, and I obviously don't read when I'm driving. That's, that's dangerous. <laughs> so once I got Lindsay back in her, in her treatment and I went outside to walk, I was trying to read what I walk, which is also dangerous at times <laughs> in a parking lot. Uh, but started, you know, the first thing that happened in my mind is who picks these teams. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I wanted to know. Is it polls? Is it computers and all that? And the answer to that is the selection committee. I'll tell you who's on it this year and let you know uh, as we move forward. We've got basketball tonight, a couple of important games, too. You'll hear right here on the Blitz 1170, Oklahoma State at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is a team that, you know, we've said before multiple times, you know, good past, tough team, hard place to play. But, you know, they haven't really jumped up and just jumped out at you. You know, they're in Lenardi's top 40. I mean, pardon me, they're in Ken Palm's top 40. Mm. So, I mean, even though that's a team with a so-so record right now, somebody pretty believes they're that. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Lenardi has them first four out. So this is a good team and a good chance for Oklahoma State. So we'll tell you a little about that game. And we've got Tulsa at Wichita State tonight trying to sweep that series. Arkansas B-Day and M last night. Of course they did. I mean, Jesus. I got to tell you, you watch A&M and you see to yourself all this talent and there are times they play great. And then I, I knew I got upstairs to go upstairs last night and it was like a four or five point game. 
Christine had flipped it over, and I said, "Oh, they'll lose. They're just—they're not going to beat Arkansas." Oh yes, they're, they're, Arkansas is terrible. Yeah, they're still going to win, and they did. Yeah, Arkansas beat a and last night. There was one big, big upset last night. Number one went down, which is you know kind of not even new anymore. It happens all the time. But UConn really looked like they had separated themselves from everybody else, and they got blistered by Creighton last night. Uh, <clears throat> I also had that big game in the in the Big Twelve BYU Baylor. Talk about that one. Another upset last night that happened. We got OU women winning last night as they hang on to their lead in the Big Twelve and a couple of women's games tonight. So there's all that to talk about. Plus today we'll have this day in sports history at six fifty with Bryce, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. And then Ryan Abers moving to today. Our Oklahoma insider is going to be on an airplane tomorrow when he's supposed to be doing his interview. So Ryan is going to be a good trooper and move to today. So we'll talk to him at 7.30. At 8.10, we'll do our conference crunch and just kind of look around conferences. Nick Saban had a news conference yesterday uh, down in Alabama. And you're saying, well, why the hell did Nick Saban have a news conference? Because it's Nick Saban. And because they hired two coaches and everybody wanted to know how he felt. And there were other things happening, so he stepped up. But I've just got a little of it to play because they ask him, hey, you know, tell us about how, you know, what are you doing? In retirement, what? How do you see your role? Those kinds of things. We'll hear from that one at eight thirty this morning. Tyler Cass, over at uh, Little Rockies, our Arkansas insider. <laughs> I'm sure he will be amazed that Arkansas won last night. I was not. And then talk baseball as we move into uh, into baseball season here. You know, after our talk with Josh Holiday yesterday, which if you didn't catch that, you can find it on our podcast. He's always so open, and and he just kind of admits early in the season with twenty new guys on the team, they're going to go down and just see where they are. You know, you kind of started that in your opening series against Sam Houston, who's way better than most people might think. That's why they lost two or three. And now go down there and just, you know, you got really good teams you're going to go play in the next few days down there at Arlington. And he said, hey, look, we tried playing at home this time of year, and it's so sketchy. Just go down there. It's easy. It's drivable. It's warmer. Go get them. And they're going to try to find out who they are. We'll also, I, I'm trying again to get, get with Skip uh, Johnson from Oklahoma, who was with us our first year on the show with no trouble, but... <laughs> Uh, another pull back the curtain moment. So the guy who books Skip Johnson for OU is Eric Collier. And Eric used to work here at Tulsa. I was on the road with Eric a lot. And Eric is a wonderful young man. And he's also one of the laziest humans you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> now, he does his job. But he's one of these guys who sent an email. <clears throat> hey, Eric, I'd like to talk to Skip. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And you never hear. Uh, and then you send one back. Hey, Eric, did you ever look? Oh, no, no I didn't have time. Yeah, you did. That's <laughs> just Eric. <laughs> now, if if I'm sure if, yeah, if somebody above him wants something, Johnny yeah. on, or in this case, Eric on the spot. But uh, <laughs> if um, if somebody else does, so I'm going to hound Eric uh, mercifully. I know his yeah. wife, too, so I will start texting her if I have we to. Go. And we'll this make the this. whole family. We will make this happen, and we will see if we can't talk to Skip because he was fantastic as well. So all that happening, plus in the other room is uh, Bryce Hulse. We are in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, and we'll ask for your interaction like we always do at 918-262-5072. We have some fun stuff happening. Uh, Travis Kelsey has an invitation to go play in a hockey tonk, to go sing in a hockey tonk. Oh, goodness. After his... <clears throat> performance uh-huh. <laughs> at the Kansas City Parade. Uh, and I think you'll know the guy who wants him to sing. You're going to be you're gonna be familiar with the name and uh, the place he is opening. we got a lot of great, not pardon me, not sports here today as well. All kinds of fun stuff that we'll get into once things start happening. I actually found, and I'll see if I can't uh, find it again, The what would have happened this year had you had that 12-team playoff. Who would have been where? 
which okay. I think is an interesting way to look at that too. And I'll yeah. see if I can't dig that one back up again. Because you know, as you go through the day and you're trying to put all this stuff aside, sometimes it gets a little out of place. I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm always happy when women's sports do well. Mm-hmm. You know, Title IX was something that for a while was. I mean, it was, and it's still probably a sore spot for some people. You know, you got to spend equal amounts of money, all those kinds of things. And people will argue, well, there's not equal amount of revenue. And that's the case, though, with men's sports, too. You're going to tell me that men's track has the same revenue that football? Of course it doesn't. But you do need to spread that money around, and everybody needs opportunities. So, But since Title IX, you know, as, as women became more and more, I don't want to say athletic, but as women became more and more forefront in athletics, then you see people like Caitlin Clark who's doing what she's doing. You know, and we've seen that. We've seen the Sue Birds of the world and people like that. And, of course, when you watch the Olympics, Florence Griffith Joyner, you name it, you've seen fantastic athletes. We've come to the point where you don't have to say as much anymore, you know, they play great basketball, women play because they just do. But Caitlin Clark just set another record. And this one, I think, is fantastic. And it may surprise you. I'll tell you all about that. Uh, the NFL is going to raise the salary cap, it looks like. We can tell you about that one. Did you see the seventh grader that won the ten grand with the four shots? No. Uh, I'm going to play you the video. And, it, you know, it's mostly, obviously, a, vi- a visual thing, but I want you yeah. just to hear the crowd. So it's a seventh grader named J.J. Franks, and he had a chance to win $10,000 at halftime of a game. He had to make four shots. He had to make a layup. He had to make a free throw, had to make a three, and had to make a half-court shot. All in, I think, 25 or 30 seconds. Okay. So, I mean, you got to. Yeah. And you're your own rebounder and the whole number, you know, so you got to hurry. It's like if you play ever played knockout. You mm. better hurry. If you've, and you probably played, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not for $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would have made me go even harder, right? Well, and if Okay, for those who've never played knockout, uh, Doug Wojcik used to do this on the road with Tulsa at the end of some practices when he was in a good mood. So it didn't happen a lot, but he did do it some. And he would have everybody come out. He'd have us, broadcasters, he'd have trainers, he'd have everybody come out. Well, I refused to go. I I said no. And he tried to shame me into it, and I just sat there and looked at him and said, no, Doug, I'm not going to do that. I'm excited you're going to do it. That's great. I'll sit over here and clap and cheer and all that. I'm not going to embarrass myself in front of the rest of your team. Uh, But, you know, Bruce would hop out there, and our trainers would hop out there. So you get in a long line. Somebody, whoever's first, shoots. If they make it, cool, you get the ball and go to the back of the line. If you miss, you got to get your rebound, and you got to hit a shot before the next guy who steps up and shoots as soon as you miss hits a shot. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if they knock you out, you go sit down, and we get down to a finalist. And no, not me. <laughs> no. You should at least give yourself like a small opportunity to just nope. be like, okay, I'll just uh-uh. I'll shoot the first shot, nope. and then if it clanks off the nope. rim, then I'll walk away. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Come on. I know better. Something. I know better. You know what? It's be- it's easier to never start than to quit. <laughs> <laughs> what did he tell you with smoking? If you don't take it up, you don't have to quit. That's true. Right? Yeah. So I just took that That's same advice. advice. Yeah, just say no. Nancy Reagan said it. <laughs> I just said no. I'm say not no going, to drugs. Say no to basketball. Look, activities. I was I was a designated fowler uh, in in junior <laughs> high. I didn't play in high school. I was, a, shack. <laughs> I was a designated fowler. I was yeah. a starting forward, but I, really, I was there for rebounding and fouls. <laughs> Literally, mm-hmm. I mean, I I could shoot if I was if I had a really good day. I think again, my highest point total for a game was eight or ten. I think I broke okay. double digits once, but that wasn't normal. It was normally in the four range, but it might be seven or eight rebounds, right? And and then big body for screens, things like that. But, you know, I, we had really good players on our team, and I just happened to be the other guy, the fifth guy, because trust me, I wasn't very good. And so, no thank you, I, especially at that point. So getting out there, and if you never shoot, 
You know what it's like if you've had. That's why you go to the fair and those it's little weird. tiny tight rims, and it looks easy. But if you haven't shot a basketball in oh four years, <laughs> and you're going to step up there and oh I, uh, I got this. No, you don't. <laughs> it's like I have no idea what my strength is. Right? You yeah, just... <laughs> you, you might hit that, and then you can you know you can high five everybody and I told you so and all that kind of stuff. But the likelihood is you're going to have Bobo the clown making fun of you. And oh things. boy, no he, thanks. And he can be that. brutal. I heard. Oh God, yes, Bobo. <laughs> I used to think Bobo was fun. <laughs> I mean, I got the fat and the bald and the ugly, and I've seen better arms on a snake and all those kinds of things. Yeah. I got some fun stuff with Bobo, and I, oh. I, it makes me laugh. I never had a problem with it. Uh, 612 on the Blitz, 11.70. Oh, and I have to point out, too, there was, you got to like what schools will do with tweets. And there was a tweet about Gunnar Gundy that I... <laughs> Uh, I got to get to. Uh, we'll do that for you as well. Fun. It's 612. We're in the uh, Blitz 1170 studios, which is also known as a Tulsa Ice Oilers hockey studios. And reminding you that the Oilers are, are, are home. Go buy a ticket anytime, and we do the Blitz upgrade. That means we call some ticket numbers, generally from those high up there seats that don't cost very much, and we'll bring you right down by the ice and put you in those big old big dollar expensive seats. It's the Blitz upgrade from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. You will hear those Oklahoma State Cowboys tonight here on the Blitz as they will be in Cincinnati to take on the Bearcats. Tip-off is at 6 with a 5 o'clock pregame starting here on the Blitz 1170. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at Wichita State tonight for their second and final guaranteed meeting this season. The Golden Hurricane won the first matchup here in Tulsa, 79-68. to Tip-off is at 8 with a 7.30 pregame. You can listen to all of that over on Big Country 99.5. And the OU women's basketball team had a scoring frenzy in Cincinnati against the Bearcats as they won 95-87. to Skyler Van led the Sooners with 22 points. Lexi Keys and Sahara Williams each added 17. With the win, OU clinches a top-four seed in the Big 12 tournament. They currently lead the conference. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always do. We can also hear from you in the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. At 618 here on the Blitz 1170 in the Tulsa Oilers studio, he is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. I'd like to actually hear from you right now when it comes to this college football playoff committee and the 12-team playoffs. And I'll, I'll give you an idea of what it would have looked like this year. But I mentioned one of the things about this is this will go not according to a, a ranking or that kind of thing. It goes according to the college football playoff committee, the selection committee. Now, the NCAA said that the five by seven, and they wanted six by six, but with the Pac-12 kind of going away, which Oregon State, Washington State asked them to put off a decision. They said they put off the decision, and it became really obvious nothing's going to happen there. So it goes to five by seven rather than six conference champions, which really is good, honestly, for most of the college football teams out there. Also good is that it's not going to be any, there won't be any automatics. So the five conference champions will be chosen by that playoff committee. Now, as soon as you have that, now you have the human factor involved. These people all have jobs. They've all worked, and, and they do work, most of them, in college football. Some are still active ADs. Some are retired. Uh, but the point is they're going to have bias. 
and they're going to have friends in the business and all those things. You have to hope with a good size selection committee, it still all, always comes out as the best teams. And there's, you know, you're still going to have complaints. At four, we had complaints. At 12, you're going to have complaints. If it were 20, you'd have complaints. Whoever's yeah. 21st would complain. So that's going to happen. Uh, I I do like it somewhat this way because I you know you can computer model things so many different ways and although that's probably the most fair way, then who decides which metrics you use, well, and that becomes a problem. Well, and that's what when you're talking about, uh, we're not sure if you know when it comes to the human factor playing a role in this. They go back to it's the five highest ranked conference champions, mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be four of the power group it does not. and then the group of five. It does not and mean so that's, that. And so that's why they're not addressing them as mm-hmm. the group of five, because you never know, because they bring up the example in 2021 how Cincinnati was higher than the ACC champion mm-hmm. Pitt, who was 12th. But my question is, again, that was just how the metrics would have happened to be mm-hmm. in 2021 compared to now. Where does that human factor come in? I can't see how, unless you see a situation where with Cincinnati, which, you know, a unicorn situation by having all those guys back and having NFL studs on that mm-hmm. team return to, to Cincinnati, I, I'd be very concerned to see if we're still going to see just a guaranteed group of five on the outside looking in from that situation. You know, it, it should be easy. It should be fairly easy to have one, <clears throat> but I agree with you. Let's Let's go back to that time. Pitt at that time, of course, had Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. Yeah, I mean, they were really good. There's no question they were really good. But it's Pitt, and they haven't been Clemson, and they haven't been Florida State yeah. or any of those teams. It's because those teams were very down that right. year. Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what had what if at, during that time a committee would have seen Cincinnati and then still pick Pitt because, well, you know, they played in the ACC. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what you're getting at, and I understand. Yeah. That's what worries me, too. Not just as simple as, well, in 2021, it would have been this way. Like, yeah. would would you use that same model? Well, yeah. I do say this. That was a time, well, back then, Central Florida, you know, Cincinnati, they were still in the American or other conferences. With those teams moving and with the movement we have next year, we really solidify them and everybody else for the most mm-hmm. part. So if you were to, let's say that scenario happens again, and I don't think anybody would argue that the Mountain West and the American are probably the best two conferences left out there. Oh, yeah. And and you can you would probably match them up top to bottom. You know, San Diego State's been better than people at times, um, certainly. I mean, they, they're they're pretty good. And UNLV, honestly, has been really yeah. good as look of Fre- late. Look at Fresno. has right. been pretty consistent. <clears throat> well, Fresno's... <laughs> I've got a history with Fresno, man. Those guys, uh, they're they're nasty and mean. I mean, they went through a, a period when they were very good. Days. Yeah, but they're, oh, God, yeah. yeah. You know, anybody, anywhere, anytime, Pat Hill, and he meant it. And mm-hmm. those guys would, too. I mean, they, those dudes came out. It was like, it was like watching uh, The Longest Yard. It was like watching The Mean Machine. <laughs> the prisoners came out. They, they come rolling out of the locker room. You're like, did you, are you all on work release or what? I mean, that was a rough looking group, brother. And then they come out and they could play. And yeah. he was aggressive, too. I mean, really aggressive. Anyway, I digress. So now let's move to what is the American and the Mountain West now. Cincinnati at the time, they had Luke Fickle. They had the guys you were talking about, even at UCF, because of their past success and winning some New Year's Six games. Those teams probably had a better chance to grab that national attention of the committee. Would Tulsa, Tulane, Wyoming... San Diego State, UTSA. UNLV, UTSA. Those are the kind that a lot of times, and maybe I'm 
limiting this too, and I'd like your you know your opinions at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two the neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. Those are kinds of the teams that a lot of times people will go, well, you know what, that's a nice little thing they're doing down there in that little league over there, but you know, you know, still kids table for Thanksgiving dinner. Sure, and I worry about that. I do now. I think Cincinnati, UCF, before they were in the conference, BYU. Teams like that, you could say, and even Houston, you know, when they had Ward and they were really good and they came yeah. and beat Oklahoma and Norman, you could say, all right, you know, that's that's pretty special. Will they do it now? Because those conferences just don't have the same people. Well, because look at UTSA, was it in 2022 when they were undefeated throughout the whole season? And how, how far did they really mm-hmm. get up in the rankings? Maybe 22 or 23 yep. being in the Sun Belt? Well, now at the AAC... With those teams out like Cincinnati mm-hmm. and UCF, and you're having Rice and Charlotte, you know, you're having to just UAB. kind of, yeah, UAB, you're just having to kind of scrounge to get yep. what you can from the Conference USA and Sunbelt. It's it's putting them closer to that situation of being looked at as a Sunbelt for right now, at least. Well, that's, that's what for this worries upcoming me. Season. That's what worries me. Yeah. That, because then the people in the room who have a history mm-hmm. in college football. So you are go 12 and 0, and it's like you're 21st. Well, I, <laughs> you you know? know, I go back to when uh, Tulsa won the Hawaii Bowl uh, for a 10 win season or 10 or 11, whatever it was, win season. And that was oh, a yeah. really, really, that was a, yeah, really damn good team. A really damn beat good Notre team. Dame? Yeah, beat Notre Dame, went over and just trashed Hawaii. And Hawaii was supposed to win that Berate game. Yeah. Hawaii. Oh, yeah, and they were supposed to win that game, and it was never close. That was a spanking from the beginning. I remember it. And, you know, they had guys off that team head to the NFL. You had DeMaris. They had really great players. They had GJ, great players on that team. And those, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, still to this day, oh, what are you thinking? Yeah. Anyway, that team should have been ranked. Uh, well, they, I think they may have finished 24th or 25th, but mm-hmm. that, that team was way better than that. Yeah. But they just got overlooked because it's Tulsa. And look, I, I do kind of understand that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. I mean, the same thing happens in a— The Conference in a, USA was also respectable very at that time. Very at the time, yeah. I mean, Houston, Southern mm-hmm. Miss, those teams were real good. They were good. They were good. And if you and East Carolina had actually a really good run during that time mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, there was some really good football at that oh, time. That, that might have been the Hail Mary year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. SMU so, I mean, was getting better that yeah. year, you know, and yeah, there were a lot of that were really pretty good at that time. But, again, it, it got kind of looked down its nose at. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do still worry about that. At any rate, uh, so no automatics, highest-ranked conference champions as discerned by that committee also the seven that will be determined uh, by the city too. Now the four highest ranked conference champions get a bye. Five through 12 will play at home on the higher ranked team's field for, for game one. Then the New Year's Six Bowls will host the quarters. So this next year, it'll be Fiesta Peach, Rose and Sugar hosting quarters. Orange and Cotton will host the semifinals. And then the title every year will be in a neutral site. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say neutral site, I think we all know it's going to go back and forth to Atlanta and Indianapolis and um, who knows. If you could pick one place, where would it be? If I could pick one yeah. place? Yeah, see, it's not a fair assessment mm-hmm. because we live in this part of the country and I'd probably pick Jerry World. Okay. You've got yeah. a big stadium. You've got, a, a, you know, you've got an easy airport to get in and out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a place that is used to hosting big games and knows how. Um, I you know. That. 
Um, I, I mean, I could do that now. I, I was think I was thinking Rose Bowl. Well, I would love to have. I would love to see the Rose Bowl. And of course, this is stuff is never going to happen anyways. But no, still, no, no, no. And I think the Rose Bowl would be really fun. But it, you know, there's a lot of things. You have a lot of problems. You have an outdoor right. stadium at that time of year, and even though LA's weather is usually really, mm-hmm. really good. I mean, this last year they had torrential rains and all kinds of problems. And not only that, it's harder to get there. It's more expensive to stay. That's the thing we just, we just see the tradition of it, and we're like, just put it there. You don't well, think of the, you don't think of the factors, right? Yeah, well, you know, oh, I did. Steve, I, St- Stephen A. Smith wants to take a holi- helicopter there all the time now. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, because of the traffic, and it yeah. is. I mean, there, yeah. it's, there's no well, it's easy true. there's no easy way to get there. I mean, I like it. Yes, I love the tradition of the Rose Bowl. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But I can see Atlanta, Indianapolis, you know, in Dallas, in Houston, at NRG. Um, yeah. I mean, I can even see him doing it up in Minnesota or Detroit. You got big mm-hmm. dome stadiums, and I, as much as I think football should be played outside at that time of year in that big a game, I want these people to have good conditions. Yeah, I don't want security, anybody. Right? <laughs> well, I don't want anybody to be able to blame it on the weather, and I also don't want. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would hate to see crowds limited by either torrential rains or freezing, or mm-hmm. you know, if, otherwise you just block out that part of the United States. I mean, Indianapolis hosts a good number of things, and we get that. Uh, but you don't see it in Detroit or Minnesota or places like that. Why not? Why wouldn't you be able to put yeah. it in a, in a spot like that? I mean, certainly it makes sense to go to play in the Orange Bowl, you know, because it'll still be nice down there at that time of year. Uh, so I can see that, too. But I mean, if I picked one spot, I'd probably pick Dallas. I mean, yeah. I just, you know, I think the stadium is, I mean, I've been in Jerry World a lot, and it's really cool. Once you get inside, it's just a big, big stadium that happens to be inside. It looks on the outside like a spaceship, and that's cool. And it does have really cool – I mean, you've been in there. I mean, it's got cool amenities and all that kind of stuff. Inside, it's a stadium. Well, like that's what I told Colby whenever we were there for the Big 12 championship is sometimes I get kind of annoyed by neutral site games, at least in the regular season. Mm -hmm. But when you go into that stadium, it's just – it's a feeling that you can't describe just being at that field level and just seeing how – awestruck it How is. How big that thing is, yeah. Pretty amazing, so. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it's set to do those kinds of things. I love the video board, all the things that go along with it. And again, it's easy to get to. And when you when you talk parking, come on, let's be honest, that place is pretty easy to park at. Yeah. You know, it's not like getting in somewhere else. And then they can always use the other lots around them. They can use Globes and the, and the other, because Globe Life's right across the street. So they have, and, and then there's the number of hotels, the ways you can host, the number of practice fields around there. Because teams are going to practice. Maybe you can practice there. Maybe you practice over, you know, somewhere else. But they've got – maybe go to the Cotton Bowl to practice. There are tons of facilities, which would actually be nice for them to be able to use. There are a lot of indoor facilities down there. Hell, some of the high schools have nice indoor facilities oh, down there. There's some of the colleges I've seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the first time we had a chance to see uh, – uh, there's a uh, South Creek or South Prairie Creek or whatever it was. Uh, South, South Lake. Lake. South, South Lake, Lake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Tulsa went there to work out uh, with Crackthorpe, and the, Drew Bledsoe met us at the facility. He was still playing quarterback in the NFL at the time because that's where he worked out indoor. That's I mean, 20 years ago. I know. And that was, I mean, yeah, but that's before high school. That's before people had indoor facilities very yeah. often. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, when they said he, he rolled, we rolled up and he said, we're going to the indoor facility. I said, indoor? In Dallas? <laughs> what the heck are we doing? That's what they're doing down there. I just think there'd be a lot of things that would happen. All right, so when we come back from the break, I I will tell you what that format would have looked like this year. I've got those teams lined up, and I want to hear from you, too, at 918-262-5072. I know you're out there, and I know you're busy, too, because, you know, it's Wednesday. 
it's that time of the week when you're not close enough to the weekend and you're not quite far enough away from Monday. Just got to put in some effort. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. Uh, so, you know, have have time. Stop down. Give us a text. Let us know at 918-262-5072. Also, still to come, this day in sports history at 6.15. In an hour from now, Ryan Aber, our OU insider for the Daily Oklahoma, and here on the Blitz 1170. Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The OU women's basketball team had a scoring frenzy in Cincinnati against the Bearcats as they won 95-87. Skylar Van led the Sooners with 22 points. Lexi Keys and Sahara Williams each added 17. With the win, OU clinches a top-four seed in the Big 12 tournament. They currently lead the conference. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls basketball team will host UCF tonight for a 6.30 tip-off. The Cowgirls won the first matchup in Orlando 68-61. In college softball, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls will be at Stetson tonight for a 5 o'clock first pitch. The Cowgirls are coming off a win Monday night at Florida 3-0. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. It's always open to you no matter what the question might be or, as our promo says, comments or, you know, moral conundrums. We we haven't had any of those yet. What, what, what do you say in scuba? <laughs> Emotional outbursts? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Questions, comments, emotional outbursts, right? Uh, my dive masters are used to that now, and they'll actually, when I say it, they'll go, ah, in the background, <laughs> scare the students sometimes. Nice. But I, I'm looking forward to our first moral conundrum, and I'm wondering at what point would somebody ask, yeah, who's like us? <laughs> I was about to say, come to us for <laughs> you know, moral qualms. Sometimes, though, you know, just just different eyes on a problem. Just need a new perspective, right? right? exactly. That might might help. He's Bryce Hulse in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Oh, by the way, when the Oilers are home on Sundays, you can skate on the ice with the players after the game. We call it Sunday Fun Day. Uh, so you can rent skates or you can take your own if you'd like to and then skate on the ice with the players. Make yourself a memory right there with the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. All right, so we talked about the new 5 plus 7 playoff model. And you know what made me think? Because Mike Oresco, the outgoing American commissioner, he's going to be here until I think it's June, July, and he's going to retire. Um, Mike Oresco, who's always been really good about being on, was kind of holding up that 5-7 for a while, and I saw him quoted yesterday. It's time for us to probably get Mike back, and we'll see if we can't do that. And I'm, talk about kind of the end of his tenure and what he has done. And you can say what you will about conference commissioners. Their job, number one, is to be a mouthpiece for their guys and their girls. Their yeah. job is to go out there and push that conference as though there is nothing better in the world and nobody did it better than Oresco. For sure. I mean, that you know group of six and that, that kind of thing and, you know, Great it, all those things he did thinking of and you can sneer and you can say they're not and you can do all that stuff but hey how come they took four of his teams yeah uh, and and you know took four teams that were pretty doggone good at the time uh, so i mean take a take a look around well, i took three of his teams at byu wasn't from the league but oresco's just done a great job of that you know the greg sankeys of the world they don't have to do that everybody knows what the sec is and then you can see how guys can screw it up because just look what klyakov did in the Pac-12, where he just, I mean, the idiot sat out there at, at their media day and said, the longer we wait, the better. Are you <laughs> daft? The hell? Are the thing that happened with OU in Texas, that would never happen with our conference. Gee, man, I mean, what do they put in your oatmeal? Ah, come on, come <laughs> out of your the... Malt, malt meal. <laughs> oh, come out of the... Jeez. I mean, some of the things he said, you just looked at him and... <laughs> and, of course, I think we've all been in meetings 
where some boss said something and we and everyone looked at him and thought that's blatantly untrue. But yeah. but what do you say? Because if somebody's the boss and you're not, and they they just tell you something you know is a lie, I'll just keep getting my checks. <laughs> right, you just keep you look at them like that. Oh, and you'd love to be able to jump up and be that person, but you can't. And I wonder if you know if is that how the Pac-12 felt as he was mm-hmm. still quote unquote in command and just pretty much closing himself off in the closet with Carl Benson. I, I just oh, I you know, and they named a new conference commissioner. And they named a lady, which is really nice to see. They actually have the very first, if you will, Power Five, even though they're not anymore, uh, woman commissioner, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. But Klyakov's finally out and gone, and you can't say that about Oresko. He he had championed the American at every turn. Anyway, all right, so what would the 2023 playoffs look like had this year been a 5.7? All right, so under this model this year, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama – and then Florida State would have landed five automatic spots. Those would be the five mm-hmm. conference champions that they say would have actually landed. So, all right, that's the case. Would've, so those yeah. guys, right. Not as much outrage, right? No, not as much. <laughs> <clears throat> so then Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, and Oklahoma mm. would have had the other seven bids. Notre Dame was number 16 in the final rankings, so they would have been left out. Now, there were questions yesterday about, okay, conference champions, what happens to Notre Dame? I saw one tweet that said, well, man, that's that's brutal for Notre Dame. you got to fight your way through that entire schedule, and then you're not going to get a bye because you're not going to be a conference champion. So you're never going to get a bye, and you're going to have to play your way through the, through the format. And then I saw, was it uh, Brett McMurphy, who responded and said, no, 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 you're thinking of this wrong. Those conference champions have to go beat somebody else, probably ranked as high as they are in a conference championship game. Then, yeah, they may get that one day off, but they still have to play the rest of the way through everything else. So it really isn't any different. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame in that first round would play, if, they, if they're highly ranked enough in that first round, would end up playing a good team. There's no question about it. Maybe as good, but maybe not as good either as, say, Michigan would have had to play it against Ohio State. Yeah. So and I I like the the idea because there are people at Notre Dame right away. Wow, we can't get a bye. We can't get a bye. No, unless you want to join a conference, and you've <laughs> like never shown yeah, you've never shown any interest in that. And, so. they, and they can go into any conference they want to. Mm-hmm. Oh if God, they so, yes. If they, if they so choose, that's that's what's kind of funny about it to me. Wouldn't it be great if they said, you know what, we're going to go out with Washington State and Oregon State. <laughs> we're going to join the Pac-12. Would that wow. not be fantastic? I'd love it. They'd come off as a charity case. <laughs> well, yes and no. How many people then, or how many other schools might up their game? And might go, well, let's mm. take a look at this. Yeah. You know, the SMUs of the world who wanted to flee to the ACC might have thought, oops, wrong way. Mm. Yeah, they, and quite honestly, the, the SMU to me fits in better out west anyway. Uh, I think that'd be a right now. They won't yeah. do. They won't do that because you'd have to drag along an awful lot of teams that you're just not going to get over there, you know. And, and teams that probably well, nobody can match their budget other than maybe Texas and Bama, so you weren't going to have that. But uh, I think it would be funny if they did that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, everybody thinks they're going to join either the ACC or the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And we also know that Florida State's going to eventually get out of the ACC because that ongoing lawsuit continues mm-hmm. down there. And they, they're they just unhappy, and they believe they deserve more. And you know what? <laughs> Go ahead. See yeah. if they'll let you in the AAC. this rate. See if they'll let you in the SEC. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're playing. And look, Duke's been okay, but you're playing Duke, and you're playing BC. Virginia Tech, 
Boston College, you know, you're playing guys like that, right? You're playing Clemson. Look, Clemson's Clemson, but they haven't been Clemson lately. You're playing those schools. You want to go play who you're playing in the SEC every week? Trust me, OU and Texas are about to find out about that. But I think both of them are really well set up. Now, Florida State is right now, too. And again, with this 5-7 to model, right? mm -hmm, Yeah. But you're talking about a different gauntlet over there, and especially when I think it was Texas's AD that said next year, hey, we're going to go to the nine teams, nine conference games. Which means you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have to play within, and it's gonna be brutal. It's just gonna be it's gonna be horrid. I mean, it's gonna be hard to win us. You know, of course, there won't be a side at that point. But hell, it was hard to win the sides when they didn't have everybody there. When oh, you yeah. throw everybody in there together, oof, <laughs> that's gonna be a meat grinder. There's no question about it. All right, so that's what it would have been this year. Do you like that nine one eight two six two five zero seven two? Are you okay with it? And and what do you think, Bryce? Did anything about it look make you go? Hmm, I don't like that. Again, it's just like speculation, really, about what I wouldn't necessarily like about it, which is that the um, formula being adjusted, even with it comes to Notre Dame. Okay, so they were 16th last year finishing. <clears throat> How would you rank that now with this 5-7 to seven model when it comes to those teams that are in that 10-12 to 12 range? And mm-hmm. you find a way to, if Notre Dame is just on the outside, find a way to... Um, justify them being 10 to 12, being just better than those at-large bids. Mm -hmm. So the model is always just going to be kind of formulated a little bit differently, I think. But I think if you're in a situation, I mean, look at Oklahoma State this year, going into uh, with bringing all their guys back into a new Big 12, I feel like their goal should be to make that top 12, and that should be, um, you know... Achievable. Achievable, yeah, exactly. So... I don't really have any issues that necessarily stick out from that. I I think one thing that I do like is uh, just for the sake of Oregon State and Washington State, since they're going to be having to partner with the Mountain West this Mm -hmm. upcoming year, not have a conference championship, this model certainly helps them in that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't don't really have any super strong issues. It's the... uh, tinfoil hat that keeps get, getting in the way sometimes. So that's why I don't want to go too much into it. But other than that, I think I like it. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. Uh, I, yeah. I do. Now, again, I think it also comes down to you've got people on the committee, and those mm-hmm. people on the committee are going to make choices. And, Absolutely. for instance, if you look at this year, Chris Alt was on the committee, and I'm not sure who all is going to be on it next year. Chris Alt, formerly in Nevada, all known as a real hard <clears throat> kind of a mm-hmm. you know guy coach. I'm fine with him. Uh, Patrick Chung. Uh, on the committee, Washington State athletic director for many years still is uh, Chet Gladchuk, who had been at Navy, Jim Groby, uh, who's, of course, a longtime coach, Ward Manuel, Randall McDaniel, Gary Pinkle, former coach there at Mizzou, mm-hmm. Mac Rhodes, a couple of ladies, Carla Williams and Kelly Whiteside, Will Shields, former Nebraska player, of course, great, great player, David Saylor and Hunter Juracek. Those are the guys and women who are on the committee this year. I don't have any idea. That's the 2024 selection committee, whether or not that'll continue. Because I don't know how they picked that, quite honestly. I haven't even gotten into that part of it yet. But you do – that's the only thing I do concern concern myself with. Now, when you get that many people – well, when you get that many people in a room, hopefully that balances out. I mean, that's what juries are supposed to do, and that's kind of why you have the number of people you have in there, right? I mean, because you got 12, 13 people in there, so that's even more than a jury. Yeah, a baker's dozen. And yeah. you hope that all works out together. You know, some people who have been in the room before, like Judy McLeod, who used to be here at Tulsa and is the Conference USA commissioner. I had to get hold of Judy uh, because Judy was in those meetings for years helping to pick that. I'd love to know a little bit of how that goes. And she's pretty, she's pretty 
pretty tight-lipped. I'll see what she can say and see if I can get a hold of her. I know one time she wanted to be an FBI agent. I mean, that's oh, that's man. Judy's mentality. And so I don't know how much she would be able to say or would, but I would I would think the conversations in there would be fascinating. He'd never let somebody like us just listen, <laughs> but it would be fun, wouldn't it? It would. A couple of places I'd love to be. Take me back 20 years and put me in a recruiting room on, on you know, on, in a war room on signing day. When signing day was still in February and everything depended on that fax machine. <laughs> and the yeah, there, I'd love to be in there. And I'd love to be in one of these rooms, especially as you get down to it at the end. Uh, the other, I mean, they, I, let's make that three. I just want to see how Joe Lenardi works. I, <laughs> I would just want to know what the hell is it you've done? Why is your brain so much bigger? What is the algorithm you've come up with? What have you done? To be this good at this. I want to see that dude's office. What what does he have just laid out in there? Just is it just TV after TV and all these little different graphs and stuff? I mean, yeah, and, and I'd like to know what do you what do you work with, right? You yeah. know, and uh, Jeremy had him on last year and, and the two of them had a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. And we had we had Ken and we can have him again. But I'd love to know. Uh, Jerry Palm, pardon me. I'd love to know what that's like in there. Six fifty here on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Sauce. I am Rick Corey. We come up in about oh forty minutes from now with Ryan Aber, our OU Insider. He's normal Normally on Thursdays, but he's going to be flying tomorrow, so we're going to move him. We'll talk a little OU baseball and some certainly some softball as they're off. They haven't lost in over a year, which is, you know, I mean, come on, that's crazy. The only way you can not lose in a year in my house is just don't play. <laughs> <laughs> don't play knockout. <laughs> we'll take a look around conferences at 810 and at 830. Tyler Cass from THV 11 over in Little Rocky is our Arkansas insider. In the meantime, we have your text at 918-262-5072. Plus this day in sports history brought to you by Triad Eye Institute and some really fun not sports. Coming up next right here from the Tulsa Oilers studio on the Blitz 1170. Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. There's Oklahoma State basketball tonight here on the Blitz as the Cowboys will be in Cincinnati to take on the Bearcats. Tip-off is at 6 with a 5 o'clock pregame starting here on the Blitz 1170. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at Wichita State tonight for their second and final guaranteed meeting this season. The Golden Hurricane won the first matchup here in Tulsa, 79-68. to Tip-off is at 8 with a 7.30 pregame. You can listen to it all over on Big Country 99.5. And the Oklahoma State Cowgirls softball team will be at Stetson tonight for a 5 o'clock first pitch. The Cowgirls are coming off a win Monday night at Florida 3-0. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Butts 1170 and streaming on the Butts 1170 app.